Hello there, this is Dawn Richards, and welcome to the Good Life with Dawn Richards podcast. It is great to be back with you as always, and thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that you have been enjoying the podcast. We are now on episode 15, and I have some good stuff to share with you today. I know we left off with talking about how to let go of forgiveness and the importance of letting go of forgiveness in our last episode. And I ended the episode um, and said something to the effect of I'm going to, you know, pray about whether God wants me to share any further on this. And almost instantly, as soon as I stopped recording, I knew uh, in my heart that I needed to share more. And the Lord started sharing more with me. The Holy Spirit just started dropping more gems, really to get you from the place where you know it's the right thing to do, you've resolved that you're going to be obedient and do it, and you're even going to take that step of faith that we really talked about mainly and primarily in the previous episode, and now helping you to really walk it out, kind of how to, because, you know, it's one thing to say you need to do something, it's another thing to help someone and show them how to do it and get them on that path, and so that is kind of the part two of where I want to take us in today's um, episode and in today's study, if you will. So once again, um, welcome. I love sharing with you on The Good Life, uh, which is why the, the title of the podcast is aptly called The Good Life with Dawn Richards. And most of what I share here, if you're new to the podcast, is you know teaching you just life lessons and, and how to live successfully as a believer, taking um, you know the things that we deal with in our lives and in through the biblical lens, really giving you, you know, prescriptive answers and insights and help and ministry. Um, I look forward to sharing um, even maybe some more personal things about my life, my journey, uh, things that I do um, in addition to ministry as we go forward with the podcast in the days to come. So just lots of good stuff in store. Thank you for being here. Thank you for plugging in. As always, um, I so appreciate your support and I'm excited to be able to share God's word with you. So with that, Grab your Bibles if you're able to, if you're in a place where it's safe, if you're driving, that's all right. We'll be okay. I'm going, I'm going to um, share the scriptures and you can always listen later and, and, and uh, write them down or grab your Bible later when you come back. So with that, today's uh, episode, I'm titling Four Ways to Process Unforgiveness into Forgiveness. So we're, we're taking that leap from unforgiveness into forgiveness. And if you weren't with us the last time, you can catch up um, on the previous episode, episode 14, where we talked about letting go of unforgiveness. But just as a really quick refresh, basically, we talked about the fact that that forgiveness is an act of our will and that we can set our will to forgive just as we would set our will to basically do anything else that we do in our lives. And why is that? Because God has made us free moral agents, meaning he makes everything... um, up, he leaves everything up to us and our will, even when it comes to believing in him and serving him. He doesn't force us to do it, but he actually allows us to choose. And so we can choose to forgive no matter how hard it may seem, no matter what's been done. That first act, that crucial act that really puts you in line with God's will is doing it. It's just decreeing, declaring, releasing with your faith through your words that you forgive anyone for anything. And you can go back to the scripture in Mark chapter 11, 
and kind of read through there and on in verse 25 in particular you'll see the Lord's instruction there um, as it relates to you know doing that and that that can be your hallmark that's your starting place that's where you say listen I forgave such and such on June the 3rd you know 2019 the end in Jesus's name and it's and it's a done deal heaven records that you've forgiven your heart is now set on that path but then what about all the other kind of funny stuff, the fuzzy stuff, you know, those feelings we get, that anxiety, that uptightness, that ugh, that don't ever speak to me again, this, you know, that I don't want to have anything to do with them. I can't believe they did that to me. I will never forgive. You know, the things that still linger under the surface sometimes, even though you've stepped out in faith, in obedience to God's direction, to God's word, to what you know is right, to what is going to keep you free. Because we talked about the freedom that's tied to forgiveness and freedom that's tied to obedience in God, right? So now that we're there, we can't just pull the covers over our head and pretend that sometimes they're not those symptoms of unforgiveness that still linger. And that's really where I want to pick up today and take us forward so that we can learn how to supernaturally, by God's word, um, walk out and process our forgiveness completely. Because if we're being if we're being real and keeping it 100, that's not always um, an instant thing. You know, it doesn't always mean just because we have released our faith and our will to forgive each and every day and however often we have to do that, that we automatically feel like we've forgiven or that our emotions have caught up with us. So that being said, we're going to talk about four ways to process unforgiveness into forgiveness. And that, that title is kind of funky, but that's that that's just <laughs> a way of saying I'm going to give you four ways to kind of start dealing with getting your heart and your emotions over into that place of complete forgiveness because you're already there. It's just really processing it. Um, you know, sometimes things happen in our lives and, you know, there's a process that takes place even where, you know, maybe reconciliation is concerned. Maybe you forgive someone, but maybe the breach is so egregious that it's going to take some time. It's going to take some work to actually come back to that place where you can trust again, where you're willing to be, you know, in relationship again. And sometimes that process may lead you to a place where you acknowledge that isn't possible. And you know what? That's for you and the Lord to work through together. Um, and that's your personal decision. That's not for anyone else to mandate or tell you what is right or what is wrong. Uh, I really do believe that, you know, that's why we have a personal Lord and Savior so he can minister to us what's right for us and that we really should not be projecting our convictions on others because everyone is different and every situation is different. But these are some foundational things that apply no matter what you decide and no matter where you land as it relates to kind of that restorative, restorative restoration element of forgiveness. So the first thing, and I know that this is probably going to have some people saying, what? <laughs> That's why I said it's supernatural. The first thing that we're going to do and the first way that we process Unforgiveness into forgiveness is through prayer. Good old-fashioned prayer. And you might be thinking, prayer for who? Prayer for that, you know what? No. Yeah, it, that's exactly what the Word of God says. And it, I didn't say it, beloved. God said it. But He did. He gave us a key to freedom. And maybe I should actually title this for keys 
because these are really keys. You know, Jesus talked about the keys to the kingdom and he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. It is the father's good pleasure. In fact, that you have the keys to the kingdom. He says, because with those keys, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. So God has given us keys, glory be to God, to actually unlock his power in our lives and to shut down and bind the enemy and his schemes. And prayer, intercessory prayer, praying for your enemy, praying for that person who has hurt you, who has come against you in some way, who has offended you, who has trespassed against you. That is a key to processing unforgiveness. Because an amazing thing happens in our hearts. And let me just share a scripture with you. Um, There are many throughout the New Testament, but one in particular that you can refer to is in Romans 12. We're going to be in Romans 12 a lot today. Um, It's such a powerful chapter. So you just can read that entire chapter um, and be free. But Romans 12 verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you. And then it goes on to say, pray that God will bless them. Oh my goodness. And honey child, let me just tell you, that is some real growth. That is some real Christianity right there because I, I can pray. Okay, Lord, I forgive. But when it says that you want God to bless them and God says, pray that (laughs) and you're not in that place yet and you're still caught up in who, what, when, how. That can really pull on your emotions. But can I tell you that the more you start to lean into that, the more you do start to obey and to lift that person up or those people up and you begin to, number one, bless them. And when we say bless, yes, it could be you giving them, you know, um, $5 or it could be you buying them a gift. But actually what that is really meaning is that you speak well of them. See, that's really next level Christianity, right? That's next level um, maturity. Because it's one thing to pray in your prayer closet and say, I've forgiven, Lord, I forgive them. And then as soon as your girlfriends or your guy friends or your family or whomever come around, you just start going to town on, you know what they did to me? You, I can't believe what they said. And, ooh. and that's actually cursing because to bless means to speak well of. To curse means to speak evil of. Or to empower to fail. To bless someone means you're empowering them to prosper. And when you bless someone, that means you're keeping their reputation lifted up. You're keeping them lifted up in the eyes of others. Because in order for you to bless them, there probably has to be a hearer on the other end of that. So they can actually hear what's being said. And God is saying, when you speak of this person, when you speak of anything regarding this, I I am calling you to lift it up and to speak positive, to speak Faith to speak blessing. You know, what is, 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 and it doesn't mean you don't tell the truth. You don't process things. You don't even vent. But there is a place where when you're really, really ready to go down that freedom path, that you're going to have to lean into some of these things to line your emotions up. And speaking well of them, blessing them is part of that. And the second part of this, he says, is I want you to pray That God will bless them because you know what? That person that is, you know, on the other side of that, the offender, who knows where they are 
in regards to their heart, in regards to their awareness of what they're doing and how they're living their lives. And they probably really could use some help. They probably could literally use some God intervention. And it doesn't mean that God is not going to deal with them or, or there won't be some reckoning, so to speak, especially depending on what's occurred. Um, because God is faithful to his children. He said that, you know, vengeance is his and he will repay. So we don't have to be concerned about all of that. We can leave that in God's very capable hands. That's another part of us being free to trust God to make things right on our behalf, to trust him to handle it, not us taking it into our own hands. He wants us to sit pretty. He wants us to bless it and release it while he does all the behind the scenes work and whatever that means. But what he's calling us to calling us to maintain is a clear heart. And the more you begin to pray for that person, it's supernatural in the way it works because you're praying for them. And at first there's probably nothing. It's dry. It's just like, okay, Lord, I pray you bless them in Jesus name. But the more you yield to the Holy ghost, he'll show you insights about them. He'll begin to reveal things to you about maybe places that they're in pain and what motivated that. And sometimes it may not be that deep. Sometimes they could just straight up be, you know, that nasty jerk or whatever it may be. But even still, the Holy Spirit wants in on that. He wants in to touch their hearts and to touch their lives or at, bet, or at minimum to keep them from mucking up anyone else. So we cooperate with God in that way. And as we do that, we're processing those symptoms of unforgiveness, that resentment, that bitterness that we talked about the last time, that poison that wants to seep in. We're keeping it at bay. We're keeping it out of our hearts and out of our thoughts. And we're staying free. Glory be to God. So prayer and how we use our words, how we use our mouths on that situation, on those individuals is everything. The second way that we can, or the second key, excuse me, Holy Spirit just gave me that. The second key to processing unforgiveness into forgiveness is actually being intentional about keeping our conscience clear. You see, when you are holding something against someone or you just have those feelings, you know, it, it's, it's coming from your conscience. That's the place where you detect right and wrong. That's really that place where you get, you know, without the Bible says in Romans one, without anybody ever having to say anything to you instinctively, you know, there's a God instinctively, you know, certain things are right and certain things are wrong. What is that? God has placed that within our conscience. And here in Acts, in this scripture, when I tell you the first time I heard this scripture ministered, it just arrested me. It just, God just did something with this scripture and it stayed with me all these years. And it is such a blessing and such a help. And it's another one of those lifelines that I go to whenever I need to, just like I do Mark eleven twenty five to keep me on the straight and narrow when it comes to keeping my heart in the right place and keeping my decision and my commitment to forgive anyone for anything intact. And here it is in Acts 24 and 16. And there Paul is speaking and he says, I exercise myself to have a conscience that is void of offense towards God and towards man. Listen at that. Listen at the intentionality of that. Paul said, I exercise my conscience to remain void of offense. 
I'm doing it on purpose. It's an exercise. Just like you go to the gym with the intention to exercise your muscles so that they can develop and strengthen. He says, I exercise my conscience and this is the result I'm going for so that it will remain void or free of offense. Number one, towards God. See, sometimes we don't really want to get real and talk about the fact that we're actually upset with God. Well, God, why did you let that happen? Lord, how could you have let them treat me that way? Lord, why did that, you know, and we have all these questions and, and underneath the surface, we're harboring resentment towards God. Who's the only person who can help us? It's, it's quite loony to be mad at the only person who can truly and really help us. So we don't want anything clouding up and clogging up the flow from God to us. And so we're going to exercise our conscience, meaning we're going to be paying attention to kind of what's going on inside. It's not okay just to close our eyes, pull the cover over our heads and say, la, 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 la. No, that's what children do. But we're growing. We're becoming mature in our walk with God and in the results we want to see in our lives and on that path of freedom from unforgiveness. And so it means that we're going to have to start monitoring our heart. I remember one time I... um. It wasn't really, in my opinion, a rift, but apparently I had been harboring some offense against a friend. And one morning, as soon as I woke up, like the Holy Spirit just showed me, you have unforgiveness in your heart against this person. And I knew he was right when I thought about it and I had to address it and I had to release it. I had to get it out because just because you don't actively have, you know, a hardcore, um, you know, anger or whatever that might be. Just the fact that you have some type of offense, you know, underneath the surface there in your heart is contaminant. It's a contaminant. It's contaminating your spirit from really receiving the fullness of what God wants for you. And it's dulling you and the enemy wants it to stay there so it can do what it can grow. As we talked about last time, into a root of bitterness that when it finishes growing up is going to trouble you, not that other person. So Paul said, I'm going to get a head start on all of that and I'm going to exercise my conscience. Meaning when I start sensing something, when I start feeling, you know, some kind of way, I'm going to deal with it. I'm going to take authority over that. I'm going to say, no, you don't. I rebuke you, spirit of offense, whatever it takes. I'm going to go buy them dinner. I'm going to drop to my knees and pray for them. But whatever it takes, I am going to make sure my conscience is void of offense towards God and towards man. So that's key number two. You be intentional about keeping a clear conscience. Glory be to God. And again, that was Acts 24, 16. And in another place in 1 Timothy 1 and 9, he said the same thing. And this time he was talking to Timothy and he said, cling to your faith and keep your conscience clear. Again, the, the direction is you keep your conscience clear. It didn't say pray and ask God to keep your conscience clear. It didn't say, you know, ask the preacher to pray that your conscience will stay clear. It said you keep your conscience clear. And he gave insight into it when he was talking to Timothy. He said, cling to your faith. Your faith is what's going to undergird you. It's what's going to help you stay sturdy. And that's where we start. We start out. In faith and obedience, because remember, we talked about forgiveness is an act of our will and it's an act of faith. It has nothing to do with our feelings. 
at the moment. What we're talking about now is processing those symptoms of unforgiveness that can rear their ugly heads as ill feelings, as resentment, as, you know, ooh, stay away, that funny scratchy thing that happens inside. But the instruction here and the wisdom here is exercise your conscience, keep a watch on it, and make sure as you're clinging to your faith and your decision to forgive that you keep it clear of offense towards God. Don't be mad at God. That's not smart. And you keep it clear of offense towards man, whoever that might be, the offender, the trespasser. Glory be to God. The third key out of the four keys that I'm going to share today, because I'm sure there are countless others, but there are four that the Holy Spirit highlighted to me that I want to share with you in this setting. The third key is pursuing peace. And the Bible constantly talks to us about living in harmony with one another and doing everything that we can to be in peace. And you can see that in the scripture in Romans 12 and 16 and also in Romans 12 and 18 where it says as far as it lies with you as far as it's possible with you see I can't control what anyone else is doing you can't control necessarily what your spouse may do or may not do what your children may or may not do what your boss or your or your neighbor or anybody else your best friend may or may not do but you can control what you do and how you respond and God is saying as far as it lies possible with you I want you to be at peace with all men and I want you to live in peace and harmony with everyone. And so God is serious about us pursuing peace. Keep the peace. We want to be peacekeepers and peacemakers, whatever it takes. We don't want to give the devil any inroads. And so when you see him trying to rear his ugly head, go ahead and shut it down and say, no, there's something I can do here. I can keep the peace as far as I'm concerned. So what does that look like? It could look like when someone wants to start an argument, you shut it down and you, you may physically have to walk away or you may have to physically get off the phone or, or stop communicating, stop the, stop the interchange, the, the exchange, excuse me, um, whether it's via text or email or whatever that looks like. You step away. You be the bigger person. Maybe you pray. You get your mind collected and, and your thoughts recollected around peace. And then you re-enter the situation, but you don't feed into the strife. You don't feed into the um, chaos and the animosity. You do your part to stay in peace. And that, again, doesn't guarantee it, but at least as far as God is concerned and you're concerned, you're doing your part. Glory be to God. And that's going to keep you in that place of freedom and keep your heart clear. And then the fourth and final key is... Imitate Jesus. Imitate Jesus. I mean, we're sitting here today as children of God, as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus because Jesus forgave us. God forgave us. Jesus shed his blood for us. His last words before he gave up the ghost were, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The very people who crucified him, his words back were, Lord, forgive them. The same thing he told us to do ourselves when we talked about prayer and praying for them and so if you feel like it's just too much just think about how much God has forgiven you of and that I will take it down a notch because if he can forgive us for all of our sins and then say come into my kingdom 
receive all that I have and pour out the life of his own son, how much more should we be able to forgive one another? So we need to be ready to imitate Jesus. And the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. So we've been given everything in Jesus. And I think we're able in return to give that mercy and that grace to our fellow man. These are four keys. Prayer, being intentional around exercising our conscience, pursuing peace, and imitating Jesus that will help us to process and go from unforgiveness to forgiveness and stay free. I want to thank you again for listening today. I pray this message has blessed you. Please be liberal in sharing. Stay connected to me on social media and on the website. And I look forward to being with you again soon. God bless you.